3: It is Monday here on the show, and that means that today it's time for Survivor Series Fallout. What did you think of this show last night? The highs and the lows of WWE all-in-one program. Yesterday, obviously, after the show, Vinny and I did our post-show only for Twitch subscribers. Twitch.tv slash f 4 w Video, was, of course, a fundraiser for The Great Fowler. Happy to say that we raised... $1,000 for Fowler during that show, which I think way more than doubled what we made the first time. And then he had some extra donations that went to him via PayPal. So just want to send out a huge thank you to everybody listening to this right now for all of the help yesterday. Everybody really helped out. And hopefully this gets him through the next couple of months of, of rent and everything. So big thank you to everybody for that. And if you heard the show, you had most of my thoughts on everything that went down last night. I could talk a little bit more about whatever today. Mike Sempervivi is obviously going to join us, and we can get his thoughts on everything as well. And your chance today to give us your feedback. What did you think of the Survivor Series? What did you think of the booking of the show? What did you think of the Lana finish? I had somebody yesterday, and I I put up the show, and I used a picture of Lana. And somebody on Twitter was like, There was a champion versus champion match in the the final farewell of The Undertaker, and that's the picture that you put up? Yeah, bro, that's the picture I put up. Because if you want to encapsulate Survivor Series 2020 in one picture, that's it. It ain't the champion versus champion match, which I thought was a great match, but it went exactly as, well, actually, I I had a very complex booking scenario that involved The Miz, but, I mean, if you take out stuff they could do, they did what you would expect them to do, which was interference... Led to one of the guys get beaten. And as far as The Undertaker final farewell, I mean, he saved his real final farewell for the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, that is what I use for a picture. And if you think it should have been something else, it's your chance to tell me today. We'll start with that after the break, everybody. Stick around. Wrestling Observer Live.
2: And now, a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long Flo can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go. So, traffic has been crazy lately, right? And rush hour?
4: Forget it. Nobody wants to let you merge onto the highway. (laughs) But, hey, somebody let you merge or you wouldn't be there, so... (laughs) Drivers who switch to Progressive can save big!
2: Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. now
0: this is a potter's field when people can't pay for their funerals they are buried here it is a lonely desolate place littered with unmarked headstones no one visits no one leaves flowers but it doesn't have to be that way for as low as one dollar a day you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses we offer burial insurance plans that pay up to thirty thousand dollars
1: Again, that's eight hundred five one six twenty four ninety nine. 516 2499
2: Paid for by Final Expense Direct. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices
1: 855 325 1780. 855 325 1780. That's 855 325
2: 1780. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here. Wrestling Observer Live, Uh, Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Survivor Series 2020 was last night. What did you guys think of the show? Maybe we'll take some phone calls in this final segment here, but I mean, for now, you can text us, 425-780-7566. Give us your thoughts on on the deal. Very quickly, The Miz... Actually, we talked about it yesterday in the show. The Miz won the pre-show Battle Royal. They basically had Dominic Mysterio in their last. Pretty much the only guy they're pushing under the age of 25. And we all thought he won, and they were actually going to elevate somebody, give him a big win. But then the 40-year-old who's been there for 16 years snuck in and threw the guy out, and that was that. We had Team Raw beating Team SmackDown, 5-on-5 elimination match. And Team Raw swept them. They eliminated everybody and won 5-0. Street Profits defeated the New Day in the champion versus champion tag team match. It's a very good match, and the right team won, and I was pleased. 13 minutes, 40 seconds, way better than you see on television, so that was good. Bobby Lashley destroyed Sami Zayn, as one would expect. So the U.S. champion, superior to the Intercontinental Champion, Although, if they'd gone the other way, I would have been just outraged, given the way that they've booked Sami Zayn. In no universe should Sami Zayn have won that match. Sasha versus Asuka was a very good match. It was a good match. It was between good and very good, whatever you want to say. But it was like, if they had 50 matches, I think that 49 of them would have been better. Doesn't mean this was bad. I just expected the match to be significantly better than it was. They gave him 13 minutes. I mean, if they'd gone 20, it would have probably blown away everything else on this show, but as they, as it was with the time they gave them, it was good. We had team raw beating team SmackDown. I mean, I, I don't have any more energy after 24 hours or 12 hours of ranting about this, but for those that missed it, basically Lana was commanded by Nia to just stand on the steps and not tag in. So Lana got on the steps and she cried the entire match. And she did not get in. And everybody else eliminated themselves, including a double countout. And so, by virtue of doing nothing, nothing, Lana was the sole survivor. At which point she, in fact, celebrated like she had accomplished something. Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, 24-minute match. It was a very, very good match. And Roman Reigns beat him via guillotine after interference from Jey Uso. So I thought the match was great. I really thought the match was great. But, I mean, booking-wise, it's always booking-wise with WWE. The performers are all awesome. The wrestling is, is for the most part, all great. But the booking was, on Friday, Roman Reigns says, I'm the A champion. You're the B champion. I'm always going to be number one. You've got the belt that they do stuff with when I'm not around. And so they go to the pay-per-view, and the story is that Roman is the A champion, and Drew is the B champion, and that's the story they told after actually telling you that. So Drew's probably going to go on a rampage tonight, and kill a bunch of guys to try to rebuild him, but that was a show. Mike, any thoughts?
4: They did two things very simply last night, one good and one bad, and... You know, simple can be okay when it's simple booking. And I thought what they did with the Street Profits and the New Day was classic. I thought it was perfect because there was not going to be a hint of a turn in this. It was just two good guy tag teams going at it. And they played it with one being a little bit more confident than the other. You know, going in there, it's, you know, we're facing off against basically our sons. And, you know, we're we're going to throw it all in their face. And I thought they played their role, the New Day, perfectly. I thought the street profits were great. And I think other than the main event, that was the best match on the show. So that was a very simple thing that they did. They didn't muck it up. They didn't overthink it. I thought that went perfectly. And then they had the case of just being simple-minded. Because we talked about it leading into the women's Five person or the the five five on five. You knew something dumb was going to happen. You knew they weren't going to beat Shayna Baszler. She was going to get disqualified. You knew they weren't going to beat Bianca Blair she was going to be counted out or there's going to be some sort. In fact, I I predicted on on one show that she was going to be double counted out with somebody. It happened to be with Nia Jax. So they covered all their bases as far as who they wanted to protect. And I think the only thing that was a surprise was Lana wasn't pulling herself up off a table to roll into the ring to claim her victory, which with how things turned out would have been better than what they did, which was her standing out there like a geek the entire time, on the ring steps, and then walking in and celebrating like an idiot, which her character has been portrayed in. And I'm sorry. It's just how they have lined this whole thing up. It has been awful. And I hope it all gets dropped tonight. I doubt it will. But there was a case of one thing that was done really simply that was very good and one thing that was done very simply both paint by numbers, but one was a finger painting and one was actually in the lines.
3: This person here says, Bianca looks so amazing in that women's Survivor Series match, they should have just called an audible and let her be the sole survivor. I also agree that Lana is a terrible worker, and there's nothing wrong with pointing that out, but I feel bad that she is a victim of cyberbullying. People who take it that far need help. People are going to be idiots on the internet. You can't do anything about it. I mean, I'm sorry, but you can't. I'm not saying that I don't feel sympathy for these terrible things that people say to Lana. I mean, obviously, people are idiots. What can you do about it? But the comment that the booking of Lana was absolutely atrocious last night, and it was the dumbest storyline that they could have possibly done, and of every of every conceivable way that they could have come out with Lana at the end as the sole survivor, they chose literally the dumbest way. What does this have to do with the person playing the character? Nothing. 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 And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you how stupid it was and I don't want to hear people saying that I'm cyberbullying the person that plays Lana, which I actually heard a few of those yesterday on the internet. I mean, this is booking. Last night on the show, I came up with, I mean, we, I came up with some, we had people on the chat coming up with some, all of these different scenarios where a Vince McMahon came up to me and he said, bro, Lana's going to be the sole survivor. This is the story that we have been telling. What do you do for a finish? I had one. These people on the the Twitch chat had one. Mike, I'm sure, can come up with one. Everybody listening to this can come up with one. And every single one of them would have been better and would have been better for Lana's character than the stupid one that they came up with.
4: I always feel for the performer, and sometimes the performer lashes out, and they do so maybe in a way, and I'm not saying Lana has, but you see that a lot of times, because they hear a lot of stuff, and they hear, you know, more than what we're talking about, they hear all of the nasty stuff, and there's a ton of it out there, so I always feel for the performer. But when it comes to people that would say anything at all and, and tie the booking in with any cyberbullying or anything like that, I mean, the reality is, is unfortunately for Lana's character get in line on the pile with everybody else almost in wwe right now who has got a character that is running into walls it's just unfortunately hers has been portrayed as a dummy basically in a lot of ways and a schmuck who gets put through a table at the end of the night by the bullies every single time and her big victory comes as hollow as you can get so you know hey There's always a chance to turn the page, and we'll see if they do it
3: tonight. Unfortunately, the odds probably aren't in her favor. This person here says, Why is Lana, a 35-year-old woman, being made to stand there and cry like a child in timeout, while at the same time winning the match like she just accomplished some great feat? What person outside of the wrestling bubble would cheer for her after all they have done to her? Lana's 2020 booking is prime wrestle crap material. Speak to the choir, buddy. Why is she standing out there and crying? In storyline, everybody in the Women's Survivor Series match is supposed to be, like, one of the top 50 best women's wrestlers on the entire planet. That's why they're in WWE. Why is she out there being bullied? Why isn't she standing up for herself? Like, the whole storyline leading up to Survivor Series was that Lana kept standing up for herself, and she kept coming back, and finally we get to the big show, and Nia tells her, stand on the steps, and she just goes out there and does it and cries. It doesn't even make any sense.
4: She once juggled a relationship Hold with on a, a woman minute. and
3: two men. You know how it goes. Hold that thought, Mike. Back in a moment it's Super Live. Yeah.
1: That's 800-403-5912.
5: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer
3: Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Where were you, Mike? What do you mean, where was I? I don't know why. Look, she's she's
4: juggled at one time, right? She was juggling two men. And a relationship with Liv Morgan, correct? That's that's what was going on here. Now she's been reduced to standing out on the steps in tears. What happened to this strong woman? What happened to this strong character? Why does she have to be a goofball and a dummy when she had all of these people wrapped around her finger? What happened to that woman?
3: What happened? This person here says, The best case is for Lana to beat Shayna and Naya for the tag belts. However... She has been made to be such a geek. What strong babyface would stand with her? Well, I mean, what you could do, and it would suck, but what you could do is Mandy Rose is out of action with a bad shoulder. And so Dana Brooke, who also got beat up last week, could want revenge. And she can say that Lana is such a strong woman, she wants to stand with her. And the two blondes team up and they beat Nia and Shane and they win the tag team titles. Yeah, you could do that. But you know what? When you portray someone is such a loser for so long, and they backdoor their way into winning the Survivor Series match as a sole survivor, if your next move is to take the tag team championships and put them on that person, all you've done is more harm than good. The belts mean nothing. Nye and Shayna look like geeks now. This undeserving person is one half of the tag team champions. I mean, there's a million ways to actually get Lana over. I could think of a thousand of them. They've picked the way to ensure that she'll get some cheers from people with sympathy because they don't like to see her cry. But for anybody who's like watching this and, and following professional wrestling and trying to suspend your disbelief that these people are, are great wrestlers and heroes, it's a complete disaster. It's the worst possible booking. And I don't want to see them as tag team champions. It doesn't make any sense. No, and the the best way out of this is just to give
4: her the win over Nia and have her put her through a table. I mean, this is like – it's like there's another thing of, like, booking 101. Like, you know, on national TV, Tommy Rich and Abdul the Butcher and whoever it is, your, your, your baby face who can't get over on the other person. And it's just simple – just have her continue to work hard, work her way up, and beat Nia Jax. Just hopefully get it over with in a quick fashion so we can put an end of the storyline all together. And I don't know exactly what you do with Nia and Shayna, you know, exactly what her, their next feud is going to be. But
3: whatever it is with Lana, I'm completely done with it. This person here says, I never want to hear from WWE fans on how their women's division is better than AEW after the Survivor Series match. Dude, it's one match with one stupid finish. I, I I don't know if I would go that far. What they could have done, elevate Dominic, Rhea Ripley, and Buddy Murphy. What they did, they elevated Miz, they elevated Lana with that finish, and they did whatever Seth Rollins did to leave the match. Yeah, I was watching SmackDown. And it's Seth Rollins' last TV match for a while. And so they could do the blow-off with Buddy Murphy. And the whole match is all about protecting Seth on the way out. The all, of the all of the Mysterios are all attacking him and trying to beat him up. And he's having to overcome the odds. And he takes like 80% of the match. And finally, at the end, Buddy Murphy ekes out a victory. Which, thank God, he at least won. So, I'm just sitting there going... Was it that important to protect this guy who's going to be off TV for the next month? I mean, by the time he comes back, no one's going to remember if Murphy just beats him. So then we go to Survivor Series a couple of days later. It's Seth's last match. And he tags in. And he gets on his knees to sacrifice himself. And Sheamus bro kicks him and pins him. Sheamus. 40-something-year-old Sheamus who's been here forever. And yes, obviously I was being sarcastic about them elevating the Miz. They didn't elevate the Miz at all in that match. But the fact, the the point is, they actually could have elevated Dominic, because there's. It doesn't matter who wins this battle royal. It's not like the world title is on the line. It's not like they they the winners getting a championship match and then they're like stuck. Oh, what do we do with Dominic? No, there was nothing on the line. It was just an opportunity. For a young guy to win a battle royal, a a dual-branded battle royal, and you can say, wow, look at Dominic. But instead, Miz sneaks in. Miz wins. He's already the money in the bank holder. I mean, the only reason I can figure they did it is because he's going to cash in tonight and lose, and they just figured they had to give him something. But you know what? You don't have to give the Miz something. He's the Miz. Whatever you think about the guy, he's not going to be any more or less the Miz if he fails in on his cash-in. He doesn't need something in return for that. What you need is to build new stars. You had an opportunity last night with no consequences. Literally no consequences to put Dominic over. But instead, you did the swerve we see in every battle royal, and the Miz gets the win. Dumb. Well, he's the
4: one with the show on the USA network with the new season that's starting up in, in in tandem with Total Bella's, so there's that, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's just dumb, but it gives him another talking point and they love to have the Miz talk. So, there you go. That that's what we'll hear tonight on Raw. Uh it's it, it, again, it's the show was the show was what it was and it was just the special feeling of the Survivor Series is gone, and I know some people were criticizing The Undertaker and how, you know, not really criticizing The Undertaker, but you know, kind of playing out the fact that it's in an empty room and all that stuff. And it's like, well, what do you expect? You know, what do you want him to do? You know, be happy for all of his friends that got to be there. And I'm sure everybody had a great night partying. So, you know, look at it that way. And as you've mentioned, there's still going to be a Hall of Fame ceremony sometime down the line. And there will not be one with The Undertaker without fans because it's one of the few draws that I think you can actually get tickets sold for, no matter how many it is. So that's something that's going to be down the line as well too and you know I, I thought it was i for what it was i thought it was fine you know it was a little bit hokey but who cares i mean it was a, a nice way i guess to put a you know a, a close the bracket on 30 years of the
3: undertaker More. It's all people are texting about here today what if lana is number 30 in the royal rumble And everyone gets eliminated before she comes out and she wins by default. Well, I mean, you know, two days ago I would have said that would be the stupidest idea ever. But after watching Survivor Series, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if they did that. And figured it was a way to get her over. I mean, I could tell you this. They have been considering doing that finish for years. Not with anybody in particular. But I mean... It comes down and there's two guys left and and number thirty hasn't come out yet and the last two people eliminate themselves and then number thirty saunters on down to the ring and wins. And you know, I, I I've heard the idea before. I'm not I'm not sure if they ever even considered actually doing it, but people there have told me the idea of you know that one year, remember when Daniel Bryan was, was uh unable to compete and we thought that he was retired forever? It's like, I heard people suggesting it then, like, well, no one can touch Brian, so why don't you do the big surprise, and, you know, the last two people get eliminated, and number 30 is like Daniel Bryan, and all he does is have to step in the ring, and he wins. Of course, then you've got the issue that the person has to headline WrestleMania, which you can't do with Daniel Bryan, but, I mean, you could do that with Lana. Uh, Everybody eliminates themselves, and I guess if you watched her Chronicle, which I did not, I saw the clip from the Chronicle, but... I guess somebody had said, like, the overall overarching story there was Lana saying, you know, if if you're being bullied and everything like that, sometimes you just have to stand there and and you'll win in the end. And, like, that was some build towards her just standing there on the steps and winning in the end. And I guess people we were like, see, it was a great finish because of what she said. It's like, no, it's not. It's a horrible finish. Yeah. It's horrible no matter what. Yes. And it's not being heroic when... There's a Royal Rumble and everyone gets eliminated, and then number 30's music plays and you just walk into the ring and and you win. That's not heroic. It doesn't matter what she said on Chronicle. It's a stupid finish.
4: Okay, I'll bite though. I'll bite and say yeah. Okay, they did it on Chronicle and they're t- then in that case, make sure that you debut Chronicle and you drive this point home in programming and you insert it and weave it into everything that's been going on because otherwise. Who's watched Chronicle? And it's unfortunate that so many of those things on the network are not destination programming. They're not, you know, they're not made to be special. They're not made to try to get people to go out of their way and watch. And you see these awesome profile pieces on lots of different people. Awesome. But if you're going to do that and use that as as part of your reasoning for why things went the way they did, then you better mention it and say something about it, not try to do it after the fact. Although that's what they do is try to
3: rewrite history. So there you go. Let's see here. How can Vinny say, oh, not one of these WWEAW things again. Get out of here. Go, About go text another show. No, really? Vinny said something, then were then it was a whataboutism. Brian, not only are you 100% yes. right on Ms. Dom, but the whole reason they gave Miz the win was to tease the cash-in, and then he never even showed up on the main show. They only teased it because it was trending on Twitter that it was 10 years to the day of him cashing in for the first time. God. That's that's wonderful. Great. So what Mm. you do is Dominic wins, and then Miz does a promo on the show and teases cashing in. It's fine. It's not hard. I mean, why do we have to make everything hard? Just do what makes sense and do what's best for business, and then find another way to do your stupid teases, which you didn't deliver on. Back in a moment. Observer Live
1: You don't gotta go to work, work,
0: Right now, the Home Depot is home of smart home gifts for smart home gift givers. Like the Google Nest video doorbell, the Google Nest Hub, or Google Nest Mini in both charcoal and chalk. Plus, right now, get free two-day shipping on any smart home gift purchases over $45. Bucks. The top names in smart home at the best name in home improvement. That's smart gift giving. Improved. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only. See store for
7: details. Enjoy!
1: That's 800-880-7167. Paid for by
2: Airtime Media. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Yeah. Hey. Back in the show,
3: Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also from WrestlingObserver.com. As much as I love the Twitch homies... Especially those that helped so much yesterday in our fundraiser. Mm -hmm. The chat has been filled with jabronis today. I don't know why. But, as a result of that, we are going to go to John in Somerville. What's going on, John?
6: Oh, what's going on, Brian? Before I start on my stuff, I want to give a shout out to whoever that person is that pay a thousand dollars for the Undertaker to get them to give a shout-out to your lovely grandmother. Can you Camion. believe it? I want to give what? a shout-out. I, I can't believe that person did that.
3: I can't if either. You don't know, folks, I want to know if the Undertaker's uh, getting 15000 of the 30000 taken out of his downside guarantee.
6: That's a good question on that, but I'm not going to talk about the, the stupid politics of the WWE. I want to talk about... This this question that I really want to ask you and the and the the great Michael Simpovili,
3: Okay, can you ask a question already? Who is already? the
6: biggest geek? All right, who is the biggest geek? Lana, uh, Nia, Jacks, Shay uh, Shayna Blazer, or the idiot that booked this <laughs> match, booked the finish of this match? Cause Nia, I'm not saying. Uh, 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 because she actually looked like a winner last night because you you got you got you you lost because you could have come back into the ring you got disqualified for basically my my idol's favorite finish for kicking too much behind and you actually booked this thinking this was actually gonna make a superstar that is the serious question i really want to know brian who is the biggest geek of the week for 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 this week whoever for this
3: match, Brian. Right? That's the only question I have. All right. Got- well, well uh, yeah, I got to let you go, dude. You've asked the question 15 times. I appreciate it. I do appreciate it, John. And the answer to the question, I mean, without even any hesitation whatsoever, it's whoever booked that finish. That guy's the geek of the year. Maybe the geek of the decade. I guess it's, it's 2020. So, yeah, you're the geek of the year and the decade, buddy. You should be in another business right now. Uh, wrestling is not for you. I mean, this literally is death of WCW on a yada type incompetence. Like, I could, I could have 50 callers. I could ask John. No offense, John. I could have asked you to think of a better way to get Lana over if she's going to be the sole survivor. And you, your mother, who doesn't know anything about wrestling, or maybe she does, I don't know. Uh, one of your buddies who's never watched wrestling in, in their lives, have you explained the storyline? Every single one of them. Could have come up with a better idea to get Lana over than whoever came up with that finish. And quite frankly, whoever came up with the finish, there's one guy at top that has to clear it. That guy's name is Vince. And he's got to go. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Plus, did you see those eyebrows? Vince, Vince, all these jabronis I'm talking about here in the Twitch chat today, they're coming out of the woodwork. Like, McMahon at this point could be in the Twitch chat and everybody would be saying that he needs to be banned for dumb ideas. That's what we're talking about here. This is incompetence at a high level.
4: You know, my geek of the
3: week is whoever spent $1,000 for that. uh... Mike, what a terrible thing to say. A 91-year-old woman who has loved The Undertaker from the day she started watching wrestling and who every Tuesday she comes on the show And she reviews wrestling, and she makes sure, without fail, to review an Undertaker match because he's the only thing in wrestling that she loves. And somebody went out of their way on her birthday to get her an Undertaker cameo, and you're going to bury that person for a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a 91-year-old woman. I'm disgusted in you.
4: Do you think that person will try to write it off at the end of the year as a business
3: expense? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? This person here says, It felt like Retribution was built for a Survivor Series-style match. What are the odds they stay together and relevant for next year's event? Retribution still being together in a year? No chance. I'm going to presume that was a serious text. But, I mean, come on. Will Taker sign a Legends deal now that he is retired? Or can he go charge whatever he wants, like, before WWE got win? Dude, they signed him to, like, a 20-year deal. Yeah. He ain't going nowhere. (laughs) He's not going anywhere. That was under the thoughts of StarCast
4: alone, right? Let alone anything else. That's what kind of, didn't that hasten that deal?
3: That's exactly what hastened the deal. Let's go to Honolulu. Beautiful Honolulu, Hawaii. You're on the air. What's going on?
6: Alright, hello Brian, hello Mike Sempervivi, shout out to the Twitch chat and bless up to uh, the great Fowler. Uh, number one, is Vince Russo secretly employed? Number two, uh, what what happened to the actual purpose of Survivor Series? Like, it's just Ron Smackdown now. Uh, and number three, Kensa posted a story of him in Orlando, Florida gym or something. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I know he lives there. Hey, hold on like, a second, buddy, you're there? killing
3: me here. What was your first question? Let's do one at a time.
6: Uh, number one, is Vince Russo still employed? Okay, well, we'll
3: just do that one there, because I, I, don't, I don't know what, what's going on with Kenta. So, no, Vince Russo was not employed. And quite frankly, I mean, I'm far from the biggest fan of, of Vince Russo, but I'm not even sure that he would have come up with something that dumb. I think even Russo, if if you went up to him and said, okay, here's the storyline, bro, we want Lana to be the sole survivor, come up with something and make sure she gets over like, dollars to donuts, he comes up with something better than what they did last night. That's coming from me. And as far as Kent in Florida, I don't know what he's doing in Florida. I don't know if I'd read too much into it. At his house? I mean, <laughs> you know, that's are you trying to suggest that maybe he's in Florida and this has something to do with AEW and New Japan? And there's... He's probably just in Florida, dude. Doesn't he live in Florida? Yes. Yes, yeah, that's why he's there. His house is located there. Maybe there's more to it. I don't know. but What's he doing in the impact zone? I got all these people that are sending me text messages here with better ideas for the Lana booking, and like none of them are worse than what they did. What a surprise. Let's go to Dagan. He won't have a worse idea. I can pretty much guarantee that, Dagan. You're on the air.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can come up with anything worse than what they did last night. Uh, what's up going on, everybody? Shout out to the Twitch chat. I'm uh, hoping to switch the discussion towards AEW here. Um, do you think it's time for Moxley to drop the title? I think it makes sense. What most makes sense is to put Kenny Omega over here in this match coming up next week. Uh, that's all I got for you guys today. Hope you have a good
3: one. I want to thank you very much for the call. I'm not sure, quite frankly. I mean, usually, whenever there's a championship match coming up, I try to think, does this make sense? Like, is now the time? And... For some reason, three-week build, December 2nd on television, free. Right now, today, my gut tells me, no, this is not the time. I don't think that they should change the title. And obviously, I mean, anybody with a brain, which of course would exclude whoever booked the Lana finish, I mean, anybody with a brain can figure out how to put Moxley over and then continue the storyline and do the title change at the February pay-per-view. I mean, this should be easy to figure out some way to extend this. I mean, the easiest thing is this whole Kenny Omega character is just phenomenally cocky. He's talking about how I'm the best tournament wrestler. I always win these matches. The cleaners. I mean, he's totally overconfident. John Moxley beats the guy. Kenny Omega flips his lid, does the full-fledged heel turn, however they do it. And you build up. And then in February, the timing may feel better. It's a big pay-per-view match. Trying to get 100,000 buys or whatever that's what I feel right now, but I reserve the right to change my opinion based on TV this coming Wednesday.
4: Yeah, I mean, I it would just feel like a title change right now. And I know there's people that say, well, Kenny needs a win. If Kenny's that good, which he is, he doesn't need a win over John Moxley, and he doesn't need the title right this second. You know, people were saying the sky is falling with him. I mean, last year, well, they're not using him up to his potential. He is one of the guys who was running the company and needed to get his young baby face that it was sputtering from the start Adam Page over. That seemed to work out okay. You know, he needs, I think, to go from disingenuous to full-on dirtbag. And I think he can do that losing to Moxley, as you mentioned, going full heel turn and having a big build towards February. I think that's a great idea. You know, we're probably going to be in the same COVID conditions. Weather is bad. I'm not saying that that spikes pay-per-views anymore, but, you know, it used to. And, hey, if you give people a long chase... A lot of your fans are, are based not only in WWE, but in New Japan and other promotions where they're used to long runs. So give us that. Give us a big build of Moxley and Omega more than what it is and a big build up to it. And I think that would be great. And one of the first steps, unfortunately for Omega, is going to be losing the first title match there. But the fact that people are saying he needs a win, no, he doesn't need a win over John Moxley. And Moxley really right now doesn't need to lose.
3: Well, let's go here to, I believe, Taron. You're on the air. What's going on?
0: Hey, boys. How are you today? Um, just a quick question about the Undertaker farewell thing. Brian, was was something supposed to happen with all the legend coming out, and did it kind of just, like, disappeared in the middle of uh, the package that they no, did for the Undertaker? that was the plan. I was just kind of – oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> all I had for you guys. Thanks. <laughs>
4: Underwhelming, isn't
3: it? I yeah. want to thank you very much for the call. I mean – I was told I'm sure Mike heard this as well the day before that Survivor Series was scheduled for three hours and thirty minutes, yes and the show ended at exactly three hours and thirty minutes and when I was watching the show, I'm trying to remember what time it was, I think it was like six ten Pacific, so nine ten eastern, and they were they had just finished the Lana match, and I was sitting there thinking, dude, we have one match left and The Undertaker Farewell an hour and 20 minutes? How in the world? And as it turns out, it went exactly three hours and 30 minutes because that was their idea. The whole thing here, I'm starting to figure this out. I haven't been told this directly from anybody, but the pieces are all fitting together. Undertaker debuted at the 1990 Survivor Series. 30 years later, 30 years of destruction, it's the 2020 Survivor Series. For poetic reasons, and if you watch the Lana match, I mean, they're all about poetry. Poetic reasons, they decided now is a perfect time to do his final farewell at Survivor Series 30 years, history, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But obviously, there's no fans. You watched the thing last night, it would have been so much better with fans. Clearly, the idea is whether it be this spring or the spring of 2022, whenever you can put 12, 15, 18,000 people in a building, it's going to be time for the Undertaker Hall of Fame ceremony. They're going to try and sell the place out. He'll come out and he'll do his actual farewell speech. So clearly the idea was, well, we're not going to do this speech. at Survivor Series. Okay, so what, he's going to walk out and say, "I'm gonna, The Undertaker will now rest in peace? It's two minutes. We've been building this up forever. We've done all the Undertaker documentaries. Like, we got to put some time in. Well, how do we do it? Well, we find 15 legends, and they all come out one at a time, and we do their full entrance, and they all wave to everybody, and then we'll show a video, and they'll vanish, and then Vince will give a speech, and then he'll vanish. Undertaker will do a long entrance. He'll say, I'm going to rest in peace, and then he'll do another long entrance. Boom, 35 minutes. And that's what they did. Was it was it the greatest send-off of all time? Which, I mean, come on. Someone actually wrote that yesterday on Twitter? Of course not. You ever seen Ric Flair's retirement ceremony? I mean, that's above and beyond 50 times better than this one. But for what they wanted on this day, and to save stuff for down the road, this is what they did. I enjoyed it. But it is what it is. Back in a moment, Observer Live.
1: That's 877-360-0402.
0: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free 5-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt 800-439-7851 800-439-7851 800-439-7851
2: 800-439-7851 you are listening to wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike sempervivi on the sports byline broadcasting network and the show, Brian Elber is here, Wrestling Observer
3: Live, Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. And, well, I went up during the break to uh, see if there's anything announced for Raw tonight. And, uh, no. If you go up to uh, WWE.com right now, all you've got is a, a recap of the show last Monday. Bro, the show starts in four hours. We don't have one segment announced for Raw right now. Keep in mind, they did really well last week because they actually announced a match a week in advance, and it was a big match, and the rating was, like, really good as a result, and they learned—I shouldn't say they learned nothing. This is just the way things go, but zero, nothing, zilch, announced for Raw, which starts here in four hours. Can't wait. Do you think Vince drank with Undertaker and the BSK guys to celebrate? I don't know.
4: Give me that bottle, pal. I still got it.
3: (laughs) Is there any current group of wrestlers that are called by a nickname like the Click and BSK? Yeah, all the people in the Battle Royale yesterday. Geeks! (laughs) Okay. What about the Herb business? Actually, they're awesome. I don't know if they yeah. have got, like, a their special... He's talking about special name backstage. Oh. Not a special name on... This person here says, My biggest gripe with <laughs> Survivor in Series <laughs> was the men's five-on-five. Five. I just don't understand why they made Raw look so dominant. Well, the storyline there is all about Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Like, who won and lost on that Raw thing was irrelevant. It was all about the Roman Reigns storyline. And the Roman Reigns storyline required Jey Uso's entire team to get eliminated... And Jay Uso would have to fight by himself and also get eliminated because he couldn't get, keep his guys in line. That was the whole storyline. Had nothing to do with whichever was the dominant brand. They didn't even keep score last night. Anyway, we're out of time. Thanks, Mike, as always, callers and listeners in the studio. We'll talk to you next time, Wrestling Observer Live.